0: Shalom, and thank you for listening to our podcast. I'm Shmuley Yanklowitz, the President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. At VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing cutting-edge ideas and innovative and pluralistic Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and the world. Please visit www.valleybetmidrash.org. Thank you so much, and enjoy the program.
1: Uh, The subjects that we are going to deal with it's basically the relationship between Abraham, his wife Sarah, and their son, Ishmael, the first son. And afterwards, Yitzhak. So, But the main issue that I would like to do is, is to try to show you some uh, thoughts about the moral level of the relationship between Abraham, Sarah, and Ishmael. Just to remind ourselves, at the beginning, uh, Sarai, did, she didn't have ch- children, and therefore she came with the idea to bring Hagar to the family. So let's read about this story at the beginning, in Breshit Perek Zain. So someone maybe will read straight the uh, English version. Okay, from now Sarai. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that you are familiar with the story in general, but still we'll read it and try to ask a few questions about it. So, who will read it, please? Sure, i Volunteer. Okay.
2: Oh, now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, bore him no children, and she had a husbandmaid whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abraham, Behold, now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go to my maid, that it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. And Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, to Mizraim, after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her her husband Abraham for a wife. And he went in to Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her matrice, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarah said to Abraham, my wrong be upon me. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. And the Lord's judge between me and thee. But Abraham said to Sarah, Behold, thy maid is thy hand. Do to her as it pleases thee. And when Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from her face. And an angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, and by the fountain on the way to shur and he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself to her hands. And the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for the multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shalt call him the name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man, and his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spoke to her. Thou God, seest me, for she said, have I also here looked after him that sees me? Therefore the well was called Beher, La, ha, Roll I. Behold, it is between Kadash and Bereb. And Hagar bore Abraham a son, and Abraham called his son his name, who Hagar bore Ishmael. And Abraham was eighty-six years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. Okay.
1: So let me like ask you a few questions about it. What do you think about the behavior of Sarai and Avram? Taking in, in uh, taking in your mind the fact that Whose initiative was to bring Hagar to the family? It was Sarah. She actually came with the idea. Abraham himself, I'm not sure that he, he would have come with such an idea, unless Sarah, she herself, she said, you know, I cannot have a child, so take Hagar. And, and uh, he actually took her. Sarah? Okay? She took her and she gave him to Abraham. And when uh, Hagar, she, she was conceived, she looked down uh, towards uh, Sarai. And then she um, came to Abraham and she told him, how can you ignore it, do something about it? So what's Abraham's answer? Do to her whatever you want. And she, according to the, I, I'm not sure how, how he translated it, but the word is the Torah, Vate Sarai, she tortured her. And then she ran away. She, she was escaped. So what do you think about? Sarais and Avam behavior. What is right, what is wrong? What do you think about it?
3: Avraham was just doing what his wife said. Okay. At the very least, he was keeping peace, Shalom Bayit,
1: with her. Okay, okay. But on account of Hagar. Right. You brought it to the family. Okay, now it's difficult for you, and therefore you can torture her. Is it okay to behave like this? Okay, it is difficult for you, but no one asked you to bring her to the family. You brought it, it was your idea. Now she conceived, this was your idea. Okay, see, she's not so nice to you. This is your reaction? And actually, Ramban, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, the Nachmanides, he was in the 13th uh, century one of the great uh, Parshanim commentators in the Middle Age, he said, <laughs> It was a sin of Sarai, this torturing. Uh, and Abraham as well, when he allowed her to do it, it was his sin as well. And now I have a question for you. This is a, quite a brave comment from Ramban to say such a criticism about our avot about Avram and Sarah. Where did he take it from the text itself? Please look carefully at the text, and where did he take this idea from the text himself, from the story itself, that Hashem didn't like this behavior of Avram and and, and Sarah?
3: The the Malach heard her cry.
1: Okay, what happened, very good, what happened to Agar after she escaped? to the Midbar Hashem sent an angel Malach to talk to her to speak to her to tell her Shema Hashem Eloniech Hashem listened to your pain to your suffering so says about to himself if Hashem God sent an angel to save her to comfort her to say that Hashem is listening to your suffer and he He told her that you are going to have a son, and his name will be Ishmael. The meaning of Ishmael is God will listen. It's actually double meaning. It can be Ishmael, that the child will listen to God. It can be Ishmael, God will listen to him. But anyway, it's a beautiful name. This is a right name to the son of Abraham. Not such a funny name like... Yitzchak. Yitzchak. What is Yitzchak? We we'll laugh. We we'll laugh. This is the name of a son of a This is a name? Ni- cool. Yeah, but then, you know, but he'll be a wild man. Okay, and,
2: I mean,
1: that's and okay, okay. That's a problem, problematic with the translation because okay. according to the Hebrew version, it's it's not so clear what does it mean. It's not just wild. Adam. It means he will be a free man. Unlike you, that you are a maid, you are a slave, you will be a free man. It's not necessarily negative. Although, I have to admit, most of the commentators translate it in this way, wild man, a bad man, but it's not necessarily the pshat, first meaning of the words. You will be a free man... He, but no, and he will be a socher, how do you say socher, a merchant. Uh, he, he will deal with, with, he will be all over the place. It's not necessarily negative, but anyway, Hashem sent an angel three times to speak to her. He tries to tell her, and he, he, he promise her that Hashem, that God will multiply her descendants, and she will, she's going to have a son, and the son will be Shema'el. So it means that Hashem is in her side. So says the Ramban, what's going on here? Avraham and Sarah, the way that they acted was immoral. And Hashem is in her side. And when she came home, what? I have a question for you. Did she tell Avraham about what happened in the wilderness or not? Please give me an answer from the text itself. The answer is written in the, in the text. Just read it carefully. Did she tell him or not, about what happened in the, in, the, in the wilderness, you say? In the Midbar, the desert, yes? Look carefully at the last psukim. How do you say, psuk? Uh, uh, Verse. Verses. of, of this uh, section, of, of this uh, portion. The last psukim, the last uh, sentences, verses. Okay, do you want a hint? Look
3: at verse number 15. They knew the name
2: of
1: Ishmael. Yeah. yeah. So he must have been told. Sure. But Avraham called his name Ishmael. So, how did he know to call him Ishmael? Definitely. Hagar, when she came home, she told him, My dear husband, dear Abraham, listen carefully what happened to me when I escaped from your wife and from yourself, and I was in the wilderness. Hashem, God, that you would so admire him, he sent an angel. And he told me that I'm going to have a child. No, that we are going to have a child, both of us. And his name will be Ishmael. Hashem is in our side. She's a winner in this, in this specific portion. He, and he said, wow, wow, Ishmael. This is a right, a proper name for a son of Abraham. he will be in connection with God. He's my continuer. He's the son. OK. So now we come to the main issue. If so, if I' am right, so what is the difference between source number one and source number two? <coughs> Fourteen years later, when Izshag was born, what happened there? So now please let us read source number two it's in Saint Perik Aleph chapter 21. Okay, I need a volunteer, or maybe you will continue to read this portion. Want me to do it or do you it?
3: Go ahead.
2: Okay. I'll switch off with you.
3: And Hashem visited Sarah as he had said, and Hashem did to Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah had conceived and bore Avram a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him, and Avram called the name of his son that was born to him. Whom Sarah bore to him Yitzchak. And Abraham circumcised his son Yitzchak, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was 100 years old when his son Yitzchak was born to him. So,
1: how old was Ishmael right now?
3: 30,
1: 14 years old, because it's written in the last Pasuk that it was 86. So now we have two, child, two children. Uh, Ishmael is uh, 14 years old, and Yitzchak is just was born. Okay. And Sarah said...
3: And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Avraham that Sarah should give child suck? For I have borne him a a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And Avraham made a great feast on the same day that Yitzhak was weaned. And Sarah saw... So
1: until now, everything is okay. Everything is laughing. happy about it. There are two children, Ishmael and Tzar, and Yitzchak, everything is okay. And now comes a problem. Okay, and Sarah saw.
3: And Sarah saw that the son of Hagar, the Mitzrim, whom she had born to Avraham, mocking.
1: Okay, here again, the translation mocking, in, in the Torah it's written, Metzachek. It can be laughing. It can be playing. What is exactly mocking? Mocking is, is negative. Again, what is mocking? is. is
3: Rashi says Maybe. that
1: sexual sin. Okay, okay, forget Rashi for a minute. Okay, okay. we'll come to okay. Rashi in, in a few minutes. But first of all, we have to see the Pshat, the meaning of the words of the Torah by itself. We call it in Ivrit. Uh, uh, how do you say Yechef? Without shoes? A bear? Bear. Huh? bear reading. Bear reading. Can please to read? Huh? Sorry? without any connotators, just bare reading, we call it in Ivrit. Just to read the Torah itself. Afterwards you see Rashi and Ramban and etc. but just, okay, it's playing, laughing, or whatever, but here one of the explanations is mocking, is negative. And, and obviously, you know what i are saying about Rashi, and we'll come to it in a minute. Okay. Okay, so, and then,
3: So she said to Avram, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, with Yitzhak. And the thing was very grievous in Avram's eyes because of his son. And God said to Avram, let it not be grievous in your sight because of the lad and because of the bondwoman and all that Sarah has said to thee, hearken to her voice, for in Yitzhak shall thy seed be called And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation, because he is thy seed. And Avram rose up early in the morning, and took bread and a bottle of water, and gave it to Hagar, put it on her shoulder, and the child, and sent her away. And she departed, and wandered in the wilderness of 'er Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs, and she went and sat And set her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot. For she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him, and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven, and said to her, What ails thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew, and he dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him, a wife, out of the land of Mitzrayim.
1: So here comes my question. So what is the difference between the first time and the second time? Well, in the first time, we said... That the way that Sarai behaved it was wrong morally. So, why now Hashem justified when, when she came with the idea to Abraham, Gresha, Mazodemna, send them away because he's not going to inherit with my son with Yitzchak? Abraham's reaction was he said to himself, No, no, I, I've been in this film already, Ken. He was against it. He was against it. No, he didn't like this idea. And, but then Hashem revealed to him, and Hashem told him, everything that Sarah is telling you, you have to obey, you have to do. She's right, because it's will be your continuer. And so what is the difference between this story and this story? What do you think? Because here, Hashem justified him, but this is not an answer. This is my, my question, because we suppose that Hashem will act in a moral way. And if it was immoral in this case, why is this okay in this case? What do you think? What's the difference between the two stories?
2: Well, maybe not related, but I'm trying to remember. I mean, clearly at this point, their names had been changed, and I'm trying to remember exactly, because it was Sarah, now it's Sarah, and it was
1: okay. i so okay. trying to
2: remember what was it that made that difference, that...
1: Okay, basically, the changing of the names were in, in the context of Av Hamon Goyim Netaticha. bless your, your blessing will be all over the world, not just for your own uh, nation. And Sarai, uh, there's no explanation why it became Sarah, but I'm not sure if it's, it it is relevant to our question. I, I try to f- try to find out. What, what are the differences in, in, the, in the circumstances between, uh, uh, between the two stories? Why it was wrong morally in first place? and Here is different. Here is okay. Why?
3: The behavior of Yitzhak. The behavior of? Uh, oh, pardon me, of ishmael Of
1: Ishmael, okay. Yes. Please, explain. What, what do you mean?
3: He was potentially a very negative influence over his younger brother, who was going to have to have pure roots and Torah and learn everything from Avraham and not be mocked and not have all the other stuff that they accuse Yishmael of.
1: Okay, this is very nice. This is the, the classical answer. It says if we'll take the word metzachek in the meaning of mocking, that is something negative, then. It seems to be that Ishmael, he's doing is harming the educational um, program of Yitzchak or the purity, pureness that we we demand that Yitzchak, and therefore, and therefore, is it okay to throw him to the desert, just to send him away? This justifies this kind of behavior. But but and, and 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 more than that, I have to tell you that some of the mefarshim like. Rashbam and Ibn Ezra, the Middle Ages uh, commentators, they say that Metzachek is just playing. It's an innocent Metzachek. It's not mocking, it's not something bad. But maybe what you have, we have mentioned, Rashi says that Metzachek is something... The most three severe sins that we have is adultery, this is uh, idol worship, and, and murdering. So why Hazal came with this idea? Because they had our question... How to justify this, uh, such a harsh uh, behavior to, towards uh, Hagar and Ishmael? So they have to justify, Abraham has to say that naked, is it, that his behavior was a terrible thing. Is it really the Pshat? Is it really the, the, the first meaning, the simple meaning of the story? I'm not so sure about it. Where did they take it from? So I must admit that the word metzachek by itself, few times in the Torah, comes in, in, in sexual. Uh, uh, um, connotations, like um, when it's written that uh, when Itzchak was metzachek with, with Rivka, his wife, Avimelech asked him, why didn't you tell me that she is your wife? So it means there's really something of intimate connection between them. Or, when the uh, uh, wife of Potiphar, she blamed, uh, it was just a uh, false blame, on, on, Yosef, just on Yosef, that he, he tried to have any sort of uh, intimate uh, connection with him. So she told her husband, this uh, a slave came to let with me. So it means it's something maybe in, in sexual connotations, but option, but it's not necessarily because maybe let it's it's a bit, and still, Okay, just to send him to the desert. So I'd like to offer you a new way to think about it. In order to answer this question, I would like to uh, uh, go for a minute back and to ask a question: How old was Avraham when Hashem told him that he's going to have another son, the second son, Yitzchak? Do you remember? He was ninety-nine. 99. So how old was? Ishmael at that time? 13. 13 years old. So what does it mean? 13 years, he had a son that he believed that he is the son. And he gave him the best education that he could. Ishmael. And he, he grew up and he was sure that he is going to be the continuer. And he is such a wonderful name. Ishmael. So let's see now, right now what was his first reaction when Hashem told him that he's going to have its So let's read please source number 3. Okay, who will read it?
2: And when Abraham was was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, "I am the mighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly." And Abraham fell on his face, and God Talk with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations.
1: Okay, in the mind of Abraham, all those brachot blessings relate to who? Ishmael. Ishmael, definitely. All those brachot. And the promise and everything just about Ishmael, because he, he didn't know yet that he's going to have another son. And when Hashem told him that I'm going to multiply you and to give you the land or whatever, and your covenant and the covenant, everything is about in the mind of Abraham, is about Ishmael. Okay, please go on.
2: Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many generations I have made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee. And kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God to thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give to thee and to thy seed after thee the land in which thou dost sojourn, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God.
1: So all those promises... In the mind of Abraham, relate to Ishmael, the covenant, the land, everything. The Eretz Knan, Eretz Israel, will be Eretz Ishmael. Actually, this is the dream of Abraham. This is his life. 13 years. He sure about it. He knew nothing about the new idea that his wife, that she's now 90 years old, she, she will have a son. And now came the surprise. Okay, please keep going.
2: And God said to Abraham, "As for Sarah." thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah but Sarah shall be, her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. And I will bless her and she shall be mother of nations, king of peoples shall
1: issue from her. just a minute. Yeah. How do you think Avram feels right now? After he have heard this sentence. On one hand, I'm sure he's very, very happy. Wow! Sarah? Says she's 19 years old. She's going to have a son. Wow! But on the other hand, what does it mean?
3: All those eggs aren't in one basket.
1: <laughs> I have a son already. Something will happen to him? Okay, let's please keep going. Then Abraham,
2: then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is 90 years old, give birth? And Abraham said to God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee.
1: What does it mean? Ishmael might live before before you. What does it mean? Lu Ishmael Do you want to tell me that something wrong is going to happen to him? And maybe he's not the son? What's wrong with him? Something... What, what did he say? Why did he say such a sentence? It means that he's very worried about Ishmael. He's my son. Obviously, to him, to who is he, he will be more connected to the son that he has already, and he gave him the best education, and, and he's the son that he knows, Ishmael, all the sons that will come by miracle in a year, that that is, you know, I have the son already. Are you going to tell me that maybe something wrong with him? So... Here come the next uh, uh, sentence of, of of Hashem. Okay, please keep going.
2: And God said, "Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an <sighs> everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget." And I will make him a great
1: nation. But, 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 the main issue, my covenant.
2: But my covenant I will establish with Itzah, whom Shara shall bear to thee at this time next year.
1: Okay. What do you think about how does Avram feel right now? It's quite a shock, isn't it? Yeah.
2: There's got to be some sadness involved. The the child that you've seen growing up is going to be Away. Pushed away.
1: Yeah. So, he, okay. Like,
3: oh, some relief because Yisrael um, is twelve years old. Maybe Abraham did perceive that that um, y- did have some flaws in him, where he was not going to be able to follow Torah. And Duvch said, why, "Why
1: do we think that he that he felt like this?"
3: Lo, should Abraham be my?
1: No, ha- Hashem told him yeah. that I will do my covenant with Yitzchak. and and for for Avraham it was it, it was it was a, 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 a yeah it, it was it was a surprise it was tragic it was it, so I, it's mixed feeling I'm not trying to say that he's not happy about the idea that he's going to have another son Yitzchak, from his beloved wife Sarah but at the same time he has a son that he believed all the time that he is a continuer and right now he's now. And what I'm trying to offer you right now, if we'll go back to source number two. A year later, when Yitzchak was born, and Sarah came to him, Sarah came to him and told him, sent him away, this maid, and her son, because he's not going to inherit my son with Yitzchak. What was reaction? first reaction? He didn't like the idea. Why? I think because he still didn't agree he still didn't accept what Hashem told him. And he said, why shouldn't both of them Will be the continuers? Why should one be pushed away? What's wrong with this man? Because listen to what Sarah said. I will translate it. send away this maid and her son. Because... The son of the maid is not going to inherit with my son, with Isaac. So what Abraham believed? That both of them will inherit. And she's telling, no, no, you're wrong. They're not going to inherit together. They're not speaking about who will take the camels, who will take the property, the tents. It, it means who, who will be the continuer? Who will take the covenant? Who will take the 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 the, the who will build Am Israel? Who will build the, the message? Will, will he take the message to of Avram to the world? And Avram still believed maybe both of them, and therefore Hashem has to tell him, no, you have to obey to Sarah. Everything that I've, Sarah telling you have to obey to and to to listen to her. Because just Yitzchak will be the continuator, and not Ishmael. And then you have the sentence "VaYashkem Avraham baBoker." He woke up at the morning, and this sentence should remind us the story that we have one chapter later. The story of Akedat kedat the binding of Yitzchak and he took the donkey, and he took haq to the mountain, and etc cetera, et cetera, And what I'm trying to tell you right now is that if the next chapter, chapter 22, is a story about Akedat Yitzhak, the binding of Yitzhak, here this story is a story about binding of Ishmael. It was very difficult for Abraham to accept this idea that he have to, to separate himself from his son, that just haq will be the continuer. And there are so many... Parallel uh, things between the two stories. If you'll see, here, I'm just in Hebrew, but I'll translate it. If you can see here, I tried to compare between the expelling of Hagar, Gerush Hagar, and Akedat Ischak and the binding of, of Ischak. In both stories, at the beginning, we have the decree. Garesh Amazot sent her away this. Made and Take in the akedatitzchak in the baynekofitzchak. Take your son. In both cases, there is a sentence. Avram Avram walk at, at the morning. In both cases, there is a war, a moment that the child is going to die. Here, the child is going to die until. An angel came and opened her eyes of Hagar, and she saw a well of water. And here, Avraham wanted, uh, 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 the child is going to die, and Avraham is going to, to kill him, to slaughter him. And then came an angel and said, no, no, don't do it. In both cases, they are so similar, there are many other similarities between the two stories. You know, the to teach us. Before the famous story about the binding of Isaac, there is here a... In Hebrew, we say a shadow story, a, a It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a very similar story that a preparation, before he came to the great event or misayon, as we say, test or, uh, of binding of Isaac, he had quite a test listening to what Hashem is telling him here that you have to understand just Isaac. Ishmael, he will have his future guaranteed. He'll, I'll make him a great nation. But he is not the continuer. Just Isaac. So now I'm coming to the question, the original question. What is the difference morally between the two stories? In the first story, so first of all, I'll, I'll give one answer. Afterwards, I'll, I, will be the, I will be not satisfied with this answer and I, I add something else. But first of all, I, I'll say that the main difference in my eyes is the first story it's about individuals, about jealous. Why, what, what was the motive of Sarah to, to torture Hagar? just because she was insulted by her, she jealous that she was conceived, and she had a son, she's going to have a son, she, she don't have, etc. And therefore, it was wrong the way that he dealt Hagar, that she tortured her. In the second story, this is not a story.' not speaking about individuals. He was speaking about. Nations, about the future of the world. Sarah, Sarah understood that just Yitzchak can be the continuer. And Ishmael is not suitable because of what Yotweb said. Maybe have any sort of negative signs in his behavior. He is not going to be the continuer. And Avraham is blind. He loves his son Ishmael. 13 years he believes that he is a son. So it's very difficult for him to... Accept. He's going to make such a tragic mistake and to keep them both of them to, to believe that maybe the covenant can, can go with both of them. And therefore, it should be very clear-cut. Just Isaac is a continuer, and not Ishmael. And therefore, here, it should be very clear-cut. Isaac will stay at home, and Ishmael has to go to a different place, but his future will be guaranteed. It's not just that he's throwing to... And Avraham knew it, because Hashem told Avraham that, I, I'll make him a great, a great nation. And therefore here, it was okay, this behavior, because here here is speaking about how to save the future of, 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 of the world, and therefore here is justified, it's not just a jealous, like in the first story, and therefore here, it is okay, but I think it's not okay. This is my, maybe my first uh, answer, but I think we have to go a little bit in a deeper level and to, to say, to understand... That saying that here is just individual issues, here is national issues, and therefore here is justified, this kind of, of harsh action, it's still not satisfying me because we believe that even when we deal with nations, with people, we still have to act morally. Is it really justify this behaving of, of sending them to the desert, that they almost died before until the, the, the angel came and opened her eyes and gave her water. And I think here is an, another message in the story. The fact that Hashem sent an angel to give them water to Ishmael came to teach us that although haki is a continuer, it doesn't mean that you can be blind, you can ignore the suffering of the other child. You have to relate to him in a proper way, although he's, although he's Gentile, although he's not the continuer, he is a human being. shama Hashem Elon Hashem, look at it. But Hashem El Hashem listened to the cry of the child, and therefore he gave him the water. And I think here's a very interesting a, a message in this story that to tell us that it's not black and white. Although Yitzhak is a continuer, we still have to see the suffering of the other side as well. I think this is very relevant and a very important message to our days as well. Sometimes we, 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 we tend to see things in, in black and white. He's a right, he's wrong, and therefore he has to win, he has to lose. Most conflicts in our life, it's not so clear-cut. And although there is something that is right, something that is wrong, it doesn't mean that you can ignore the other side problems and pains and suffering, and you have any sort of moral commitment to the other side as well. If I'll take it just in a very strong uh, 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 gear change uh, uh, to, to our days, to the political issues that we are dealing in Israel, what I'm trying to say basically is, unfortunately we live in an in a area of conflict between us as the Palestinians. And sometimes we come to very tragic and sad situations. We have to fight. You know, I'm Rosh Hashiva, and my students are learning Torah, and at the same time, after a year, you're year enough going to the army. And they have to fight. Without without them, we cannot survive without them defending our state. And sometimes you have to do we have to do actions that you are not you know, that, that it is very problematic. In order to, to prevent the, the, the next, Shalom, God forbid, a, a terror attack, you have to come into a house, to break into a home in the middle of the night, to take someone that you suspect that you suspect that maybe he knows, he have information about his nephew, that he, we know that he's going to plan to do something in, in Jerusalem or whatever. And, and what we try to do with our students is to understand that what they are doing is very important. But at the same time, you have to deal with, with people in a humanistic way. You have to deal with it as to, to remind yourself all of the times that you're dealing with human beings. And some of them are innocent. And even if no, they're human beings. And you have to deal with them. This story of the Torah is telling us, there is Itzhak and there is Ishmael. But the Torah is telling us that you cannot ignore the pain of Ishmael as well. He has his suffering. He has his point. He has his his, his world. He has his, his his sensitivities. He has his needs. You have to see him as well. You cannot ignore him. And I think this this uh, uh, um, how do you say uh, Is this um, complicated? It's not really complicated. a I always miss this word. It's, it's to see things not in, in black and white. Maybe nuance to see that it's not. Yeah, to see both sides, to see the, the complexity of the issue, and to understand that life is not black and white, and your moral duties are in to all sides. Just for example, can, I, I just uh, told him yesterday night that... that uh, I, I'm not sure about if we spoke about it or not, uh, that we organized... Uh, I was one of the organizers of, of um assembly in Israel when we dealt with the suffering of the children of Syria, you know next to us, we have a, we have a state, a country, Syria that are our enemies, definitely they don 't exist our right to to be a Jewish state, and they want to destroy us, but now they 're in, in a very, very terrible civil war, and you see the pictures of the children and some of them. Assad used the terrible uh, weapons of, of gas and, and the most terrible things. And they have needs. And we as Jews, we cannot ignore. the pro- Although they are our enemies. When speaking about children, so we try to organize an assembly and to raise money to help the children in Syria. So some people came to us, how can you do it? They are our enemies, they are Arabs, they want to kill us. But on the other hand, they are children. And maybe this is a way to change something in them. You know, Israel actually absorbing every month uh, uh, almost between, I don't know, between 50 and, and 100 people that are running to the border, uh, injured from the war, and we host them in, the, in the Israeli hospitals. And it's amazing to see their reactions because they believed over the years that Israelis are monsters. They are, they are they're animals, they're mo- less than them. And, and they are treated in, in, the, Bet in Haria, the hospital in Haria, in Sfat, in, in the northern uh, of Israel. And they gave it treatment, and they changed the mind of his opinions about Israel. So this is something small that you can do. Those, those just few hundreds that we have in the last few months that just escaped from the war to the Israeli borders, and they just begged. So we opened the, the, the fence, and we, we took them. But But... Obviously, it's, what's going on there, it's, it's terrible. It's, um, almost in the last six, uh, seven years, almost uh, more than six years, it's, it's uh, close to 500,000 people that were killed in this terrible war. And, and the world just ignore it. And, and, and millions of people lost their houses or whatever. They are refugees. And we, the Jews, cannot ignore it. And I think this is one of the messages of the Torah in this story. There is Itzhak. He's a continuer. But we have the responsibility for the other one, for for Father's son as well, for Ishmael as well. Something to think about it. Okay, have a nice day, thank you very much.
0: Hi, this is Shmuley Yanklowitz. I hope you enjoyed listening to this fascinating lecture. At VBM, we strive to bring you only the best in Jewish educational programming. To do this, we host a wide variety of events throughout our learning season, including panels, classes, and lectures, like the one you've just listened to. Please consider going to www.valleybetmadrash.org and donating to Valley Beit to support the expansion of meaningful Jewish education.